Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. Today's perspective comes from Jen Tompkins. She is a homesteader from right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She has an amazing business, but she wasn't here to talk about her business, even though we do discuss it a fair bit during the interview. She came on today to share her view as a patient. This is number 19 in the Patient's Perspective Marathon. So enjoy this conversation with Jen Tompkins. Welcome. What is your name, please? Hey, I'm a homestead Jen. Oh, in this regard, I am Jen Tompkins. I forgot what my name was for a second because I forgot my role today. That, no problem at all. Um, and let me just say that my I met Jen through the Learning from Smart People podcast because she operates such an incredible, uh, such an incredible business, the rent the chicken business, which you have to go back and listen to that episode on learning from smart people. It is worth a listen because it's a cool. It was business. a great episode. Thank you. So Jen, where are you from? I am outside of Pittsburgh by a good bit, which is uh, Freeport, Pennsylvania. Okay. So can you tell me about yourself and your background in healthcare, please? Yes, I was just trying to live stream this because you said click on the buttons at the top and it's taking me a minute. So I don't want to take away from what we're doing, but I want to share the the podcast that we're doing. This wonderful Guinness Book of World Record podcast thing, you know? So Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, Jen. For a minute, yeah. I'm going to explain what Rent the Chicken is while you oh, try to figure that out. Uh, great. So the idea is um, that there are life is better when you're eating fresh eggs and so how amazing would it be to have your own chicken coop in your house or at not in your house but at your home and so uh, getting investing in the whole process of buying a chicken coop and the whole thing why not rent them so jen and her um and her husband have started a business where you literally rent a chicken for I think it's like six months at a time. Six months, yeah. Yep. Um, and so you have a couple of chickens, you get fresh eggs from them, the coop is included, the whole thing. And um, it's just a fascinating business. Why, why buy the chicken when you can rent one and not have to worry about it? And here's the other thing that's interesting because we talked about this also that um, if something happens to your chicken, then um, they will replace the chicken as well. So, it, you know, the whole thing, I, take care of your chickens, but it, <laughs> sure. in the meantime, you can rent chickens. It, it, have I mischaracterized your business? No, everything way? sounds wonderful. And I think I did it, but one never knows. So I gave it a it, shot. No problem. And if it's not working, it's quite okay. Thank you for being willing to do that. So yeah. um, let's go, um, tell me a little bit about, or can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your experiences in healthcare? Yes. So um, we'll get right to the heart of things. And I'm going to try not to cry, but I'm like so far removed from it that usually I don't, but it's still hard. Right. So um, 
my husband and I married in 2009. And of course, when most people, as you know, when they get married, they are wanting to grow their family and same for us. And so uh, it didn't turn out as easy as we had expected. And by 2010, we were pregnant and it was amazing. We were so super stoked. Um, however, ended in miscarriage which happens and you know there's percentages on what happens and how many and first time and those things um but my story is personal in that we from 2010 until 2015 we experienced nine pregnancies and do not have any live children hmm. so that's where healthcare comes in in uh in our regards that has got to be so difficult. Um, and I, I'm just thinking about it from the perspective of we actually Casey Jordan was, I think my second interview today, and she was talking about infertility issues mm. and the, the difficulty that it poses for, you know, a, a husband and a wife who want to be a mom and a dad. And there's, there's a problem in there and it's nobody's fault, but we still, we still feel guilt or or inadequacy or something mm. because it's there's something wrong with me that keeps me from being what I want to be. I, I, how does that resonate with you? Oh, same. Uh, it's so tough. It, those days during those times, those years were really hard. Um, and we are coming up on Mother's Day, which is a really hard, hard you know holiday. Uh, so we just don't do anything. Um, I am a mom. I have babies. They just are not with me. Um, so we have entered into foster care and we still don't have any children who are with us. So we super have invested in our nieces and nephews, um, both ones that are close and far away. And um, so that I think that answers your question. No, it does. And um Here's what I really appreciate about what you said, and that is we we can't have our own kids, but it doesn't mean that we can't be involved in the lives of kids and make those children's lives better and richer by by being a part of those. And that's that's a testament to character. So thank, thank you, you for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So have you met any healthcare heroes along the way, along your healthcare journey? Yes. And but I'll start first that there were some not so heroes, um, some background information on the club that I'm in. That's not a fun club of recurrent pregnancy loss club. Um, mm. Once you have three miscarries from one doctor, they will release you. They don't want their uh, stats to fall. So especially infertility clinics or fertility clinics, right? And so even though we didn't have a fertility problem, we had a problem staying pregnant. So we sought out the best of the best and we were um, spontaneous aborters. That's the mm -hmm. title. Um, and there was another, um, 
I, for, I forget the name for what they called our pregnancy that was natural, but they something like spontaneous pregnancy. And I was like, there is nothing spontaneous about that. It was very calculated. <laughs> there, is a, there is a direct cause for this, right? Yeah, right. And so, um, and so because we, because they weren't helping us or not able to help us or whatnot, um, we were released from their care. And that wasn't the only time, uh, whether it's too complicated or whether it's their statistics, because they have a certain success rate. And the way they have that is they're great at what they do. And then they weed out those that can't help. So my my healthcare heroes, I have two of them. One is um, I had a concierge doctor. And if, if anyone listening or tuning in is familiar with that process, it, it looks something like this. It's, they don't usually take insurance. You pay a monthly fee. You visit them what, once or twice a month. In regards to this one, um, he did move and I was no longer able to see him as a, as my primary care physician. And really, really, I was like, what am I going to do now? Um, this is how amazing he was not even in regards to recurrent pregnancy loss. I went there one day and he said, your temperature is a little high for you. It was a normal temperature, but it was high for my body. He knows this because he takes my temperature. He would take my temperature every time. The next day I was feeling cruddy and I reached out and, and I said, my throat's sore. And he said, of course it is. Cause your temperature was high yesterday. Like he knew, mm -hmm and recognized it. We didn't do anything about it because it was just, it was high for me, but normal for a regular person, you know? Um, turns out it was strep throat, like, but he could, I mean, just, he was that in tune with me and my records to know that. And so it's unfortunate that he moved on. Uh, I have another, another healthcare hero who I haven't been, I wasn't pregnant in her care. And at this point, those years are behind us. I, uh, fit, I fit a early um, menopausal label in my day and also have a label of uh, premature ovarian failure. So good times on my end with all these fantastic labels. Um, but this one was fantastic. She's my current physician's assistant and I prefer a PA to a um, regular doctor because I feel like they are more connected. They are more invested. And um, this one recommended something called a Dutch test. And it was an out-of-pocket test, but it was amazing. And it was a um, urine test, like multiple times in one day, and then every day for maybe 30 days or something like that. And when it came back, that's what confirmed the um, premature ovarian failure. Um, but it laid out like every hormone that it was capable of in order to really tell what's happening in my body and what could be done and, and what could know. And I just wish that when I was seeing those multiple doctors during our time of recurrent pregnancy loss, that whether that test was available or not, I'm not sure. But if we'd have known then, we'd have been able to take some action. Um, and, you know, you can't control our destiny either. You know, like we're we love Jesus and we know that we're in the midst of God's plan. It's been a hard road, but um, different wouldn't have, would have not been so bad. Right. Right. So um, yeah, Jen, we've got, I've got a couple, a bunch more questions for you. And we we're kind of short on time, I but I, it's okay. 
tell me what does quality healthcare mean to you? Oh, just like I was referring to just my, my healthcare provider to be connected with me and to recognize me for who I am and my history. And, um, I'll, I'll cue you in. I don't eat anything green. <gasps> oh, no. I've just, I've just blown your whole world record. People are going to be like, this is bogus. I'm just kidding. Stay tuned. There's more good stuff. Um, my, so my doctors, like, so my previous concierge doctor, my current physician's assistant, like they're aware of this. And uh, at the same time, like still encourage me and do, you know, what were some workarounds and whatnot uh, for the same reason that I don't um, eat green vegetables. I also don't drink alcohol. So there's a benefit. Like uh, there's no acquiring a taste for anything. Right. So, <laughs> so we're in one category. It's like really not a great thing, but another category, super great, you know? Um, so I have great appreciation for the support that they provide, um, I've lost a good amount of weight in the last couple of years and my physician's assistant just cheers me on about it and supports me and how I want to tackle this and, and different goals that I have. And I think that's wonderful. I think that it's great to, for me to be able to shoot a message to her and she's responsive and she knows who I am. I'm not just a number, you know, take it. She makes me feel like I'm her only patient when I'm in front of her. That's awesome. What do you wish your medical providers understood about you? Oh, uh, well, mine really do understand. Like mine is really, I think, in tune, but I wish this for other people. Like the question of like, what do I wish for other people? I wish that when they go in and their temperature is slightly elevated, that their doctor can recognize that that is not normal. I wish that when when they go in and they have genuine concerns that uh, that they're their care physician can say, I've done some digging and I found this test. And I think that I know it's a little expensive, but I think that it would be beneficial for your health. Um, and to not just be because the pharmaceutical company has their hand in their pocket. Okay. Uh, last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? I know that there's a lot of red tape and there's a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of things that they have to do to make their jobs be successful, but personal relationship, that's like, you know, in any industry, you know? So when someone calls me to rent chickens and I've talked to them before and I say, Oh yeah, I, you know, we talked about this and this, Oh, I can't do that for everyone. I really try hard, but with someone that you see even once a year, maybe they could review the notes before they come in the room. Yeah. You know, just to really familiarize themselves with their, their patient that they haven't seen since the last checkup. Yeah. It's. And I, to me, this is just a personal pet peeve is to have them um, read the chart in the hallway and not as they come into the room so that they're, you know, they're standing in front of me reading my chart, um, not looking at me, not paying attention, um, you know, just completely missing out on the, the person that is in front of them, which mm -hmm. is something that you just mentioned. So, yeah, listen, Jen, thank you so much for being on. I, um, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate, you know, the, the fact that it's been an emotional journey for you and you're 
you're kind enough to to bring us into that thanks for doing that i thanks appreciate you me. and i appreciate your perspective on healthcare. all right thanks a bunch have fun guys all right talk to you later bye see ya thanks for listening to perspectives on healthcare Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.